We are in the month of April. April for me is a busy month. It's an expensive month. Um, some of you know, I, all three of my children are born in April. So <laughs> birthday, birthday, birthday. And some of you right now are wondering why are all of his children born in April? <laughs> Two words. Church camp. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> but as I see April approaching on the calendar last month, I was like, oh man, we are going to be so broke spending so much money on birthday parties. And, and the oldest of my children is Olivia. And, and I'm learning this, that girls are getting exponentially more expensive as they get older. And some of you are nodding. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I feel like the boys, I, they're, they're going to be pretty low maintenance. I mean, they're kind of chimpanzees now because they're young and they're climbing on things. But they're pretty inexpensive. They're, they're low maintenance. I can just, you know, throw them a stick and they're fine until they hit one another with it. <laughs> Man, girls are expensive. And I, and as I, as I think of expense, I think of debt, and, um, and, and I, have, I have debt in my life. I have, um, I have student loans because if you want to go learn about Jesus in an accredited college, they, uh, they expect big bucks from you, so you've got to pay out for them to basically tell you, uh, go in your Bible and read this passage and then write a paper on it. So accumulating debt, and I bet a lot of us in here have, have been or have either been in debt or are currently, and I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, that's none of my business, that's between you and your, uh, your banker, that's you guys. And I know a lot of us have, have, have been to a point where we've been broke before, like the checking account isn't looking good. I've ran to the Coinstar machine, and some of you that have been really broke know what I'm talking about, the Coinstar machine, you go to Mount Vernon, it's this green box that sits over there in the corner. And it's always the same charade. You go in there and you, you have your, we, we collect all of our coins out of the laundry, so we put them in this little jar. And you go in there and you kind of try to act like you have this confidence, like, oh, I didn't really need to come in here, but these coins were just getting so tiresome of having them on there. <laughs> you have that confidence, and as you're pouring it into the machine, you're watching the numbers, and please just let there be 20 bucks. I just need, to, I just need a pack of diapers and some, a loaf of bread. That's all I need. Come on. Being in debt, scrounging around for money, and you pretend like it's unnecessary and you really know that you need it. Um, a lot of times we try to cover up things. We try to pretend like, like everything's all right. And this is the thing with debt a lot of times is there's a lot of people that, that look like they have it all together and they have all the nice stuff and they're, they're doing everything great. There's my wife walking in late right there. Point her out. Everybody give her a hand. All right, she made it. You act like you have everything together, but you, you really don't. You really don't have it all together. Case in point, couples that sit out in the car a little bit too long before going into the grocery store or coming into church, we know what you're doing. You're fighting. Just be honest. 
I know that because I've been there. We've sat out in the car before, haven't we, honey? Might today. (laughs) Marriage is neat. Marriage, it just gets, it's getting better and better and better. We, in a couple months, we'll have been married for eight years. It's crazy. (laughs) Eight years. And um, this has nothing to do with the sermon, but I just feel like I got to share this. We've always held, held close to that scripture, don't let the sun set on your anger. And we've always taken that to heart as don't go to bed when you're angry at each other. Anyone else know that scripture? Yeah, okay. Anyone else live that scripture? Yeah, okay. A few of us, there's like three of us in here. <laughs> and we, we, hold, we hold really strong to that one, Molly and I do. Even until like 2 a.m. Like... <laughs> We are not going to bed till we're done. And the neat thing about that is you both get so exhausted, you just end up compromising with each other. Yeah, fine, whatever you would like to do or whatever you think, that's fine. I agree with you and she'll start agreeing with me because we both just want to go to bed. (laughs) Problem solved right there. Ladies and gentlemen, there's your tip. That one's free this morning. No charge. But debt, debt is one of them things that you can, you can conceal and you can make the outside look so much nicer than what is really going in. And, and the Bible talks a lot about sin being our debt, our debt to God. Whereas when we sin, it drives us further. It, it creates more of a gap between us and God. And the book of Romans uh, chapter 6, there it says, the wages of sin is death, but, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Sin is like, it's not like the Capital One mileage card where you're racking up miles so you can go on a free airplane trip sometime. You're, you're racking up death points. It's not the, not the good stuff that you want. You're racking up the debt. The Apostle Paul, along with a lot of the other disciples, they like to use a lot of financial terms in regards to our relationship with Christ. Sin being your debt, your wages. As you work in sin, as as you have sin in your life, as as you're operating within sin, you're accumulating debt. You're accumulating death in your life. But here we have, we have the counterpart to that. We have the free gift the free gift of God, eternal life through Christ Jesus. Accumulating sin, accumulating any sort of debt in your life, you can feel the heaviness of it. Amen? You feel the heaviness of that. You feel the brokenness of it. You feel the emptiness of all of it. And it changes you. The sin debt will change you. It'll take you places that you don't want to go. It'll have you saying things you don't want to say, doing things you don't want to do. It fundamentally changes your core if you allow this to accumulate in your life. You'll be driven further and further from God. And the disappointing part of this is you're born with it. You've inherited debt all the way back from Adam. David wrote, And sin was I conceived. Not that his parents did anything wrong. 
But he knew from the moment he was born that he had sin. It was a part of who he was. He was born with it. He inherited that. It's on him. And some of you that haven't been around babies very much here recently, you think, oh no, how could a baby have sin? Let me tell you, they're liars. Lincoln, one year old, he screams his head off like he's in pain. I go in, check on him, he's fine. <laughs> liar, he's a liar, he's fine. <laughs> he stands there at the edge of his bed, jumping because he wants out. He's fine. He's a liar. <laughs> he is. That child is full of sin. You get a glimpse of him afterwards, gluttony. Look at that kid. <laughs> but we all have that. We all have, we all have the sin. It's all, it's all tied to us. It's all part of who we are. It's the struggle that you're dealing with. It's the reason why you feel bad at the times that you do. The reason why you feel hurt, the reason why you feel pain, guilt, shame. Sin is a part of your being. Now, the unfortunate news is, more bad news always with sin. There's always more bad news with sin. You can't pay it off. You're stuck. That is on your account. You will never be able to pay it off. The interest charges are just going to keep racking up. It doesn't matter how good you are, how well you've done who you are, how much you inherit, you cannot pay that off. That's it. You're done. You inherited it. You've certainly poured into it. You've added more to your debt. And before I go any further, let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, Lord, I'm asking you for the words this morning. Lord, I'm asking you for the message. Lord, give me clarity. Lord, give each and every one of us illumination to your, your scripture, your word, Lord, and have us just focus that on our heart, Lord. Guide us, Lord. Be with us, Lord. In your precious and holy name, amen. All right, now if you would, um, would all of you go to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. We'll all go there. I've said this before, I'm, I'm not the best when it comes up, when, when it comes down to like coming up with titles, so um, sometimes I'll write a sermon out and I'm not really sure what the title should be, so I just throw Teresa something because on Tuesday she's usually hassling me, what's your title, what's your title, what's your title? So I'm hoping I can make a connection with this. I think I might, it might be a stretch. We'll get there though, we'll get there. First Peter chapter 2 verse 24, he himself talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree. Now, when it says the tree, sometimes we get confused. I know early times when I was reading the Bible, I didn't understand what the tree was. But the tree, meaning the cross, because the cross is made out of wood. There we go. We got someone that's paying attention this morning. He bore in his body the sins on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Turn to two people and say, by his wounds, I've been healed. Y'all say it like you're sad. <laughs> by his wounds, I've been healed. Preacher's making me say stuff this morning. The thing with sin is you cannot pay it off. It's not you. The neat thing is, most of us this morning know someone that can. A lot of us this morning have met the one 
than can. And by his wounds, by his wounds upon the tree, we are healed. The price is paid in full. The price of sin, the death that I owe, the death that you owe, is paid in full upon the tree, upon the cross. Because by them wounds, we are healed. You're never going to be able to get rid of it on your own. I, I, I tried getting in that mindset when I was, when I was a young man. I, I was first um, presented the gospel when I was 14 years old. And I, I passed up my opportunity. The preacher gave an invitation to come forward and, and be saved and all. And I, I passed up that opportunity. Because in my mind, I thought, okay, well, maybe I can start kind of working backwards from the way I've been going. And because I've been going in a, in a wrong way, I thought maybe I can just start really behaving and um, watching what I say, making sure I'm not saying bad words. And I'll be, I'll be better off. I'll be able to reverse the sin in my life. And, and in my own mind, I, I guess I figured I could generate my own righteousness into heaven. But that's completely contradictory to what the Bible tells us. The, the price is too high. You can't pay for it on your own. You're not going to be able to. You might pay something into it in your own mind, but it's not going to do anything because it's just going to keep racking up and racking up. It's like them, you ever seen them loan commercials on TV for, it's like a Native American company. Anyone ever see those? You know what I'm talking about? Cody's seen them. You ever watch, look at the interest rate down there at the bottom? It's like, 125%. There you go. Right there. Almost. Almost as high as sin. Not quite. You cannot get rid of it. It's just going to keep adding up on you. Let the sin be given to Jesus. Now, this sounds, like such, this sounds like such an easy thing because a lot of us this morning, we have a lot of things that we've, that we've racked up on, on our card, right? We've, we've racked up a lot of sins in our lives. And we think, how could it be that easy? How could it really be that easy that, that all these things that I've done, all these years I've lived away from God, that it could be simply taken care of? And I can't give you some lengthy theological explanation. All I can say is, it is. Amen? Y'all act like I'm giving you bad news. I'm giving you good news here. Amen? You are paid in full. Amen? All right, we're getting there a little bit. You are paid in full. Your life, your guilt, your sorrow, your fears, your sins, and I want to live for the one who paid it all. Amen? Amen. All right. Almost there. Almost there. Now, stop digging deeper into the sin debt and begin making investments into the kingdom, into something everlasting, something that's not going to fade away, something that, that rust and, and moth won't get to, something the thief won't come and steal from you. Start making investments that are going to last forever. And I'm not talking money anymore. I'm talking about something that you're going to see at the end of your life. You're going to see those investments that you made. But first, before you can ever do that, before you can ever start making an investment, 
You have to accept Jesus' payment for your sin debt. Because you have to pay off your debt before you can start saving money, right? I mean, Dave Ramsey kind of teaches do both at once. But in reality, most of us are going to pay it off first before we start doing that. Dave Ramsey is much smarter than most of us. That's why he's making money on telling people how to manage money, right? You have to be paid off before you can start having something set aside. Invest into heavenly things by getting rid of the earthly things. Amen? Starve the sin. Now, a lot of us, we have, we have certain, certain sins that we are particularly good at. If we were honest this morning, some of us are really honest. Some of us sometimes don't like to be a little bit so much. Like, I'm not good at sin. It's a real struggle for me to sin. Yeah, right. <laughs> Get real. Some of us have sins that we are exceptionally well at. We do well at hiding these things. We're good at it. We've done it for years. We've had years of practice. And we're not going to have a moment this morning where we're sharing with that, but whatever that might be, whether you're deceitful, whether you like to steal, maybe you're, you're a thief, maybe you're a gossip, maybe you're a liar. A lot of us, we, we, have, we have a few things that we are exceptionally good at when it comes to sin. And that sin, because we've done it for so long, because we've, we've practiced it and because it's become such a part of our lives, because we've allowed it to, it's a really tough thing to begin letting it go. Amen? So well-groomed, it's so well-fed. It's like our pet. It's our pet sin. The Bible commands us, start starving that thing. Don't feed it anymore. The thing I've learned is, I'm not very good at most things. I'll be honest with you. I'm not, there's, there's some of you men in here right now that are, that are great at anything. George Thomason, you show him something and he is good at it. Like he builds stuff that I don't even, I don't even know what he, he's building. These stage designs and stuff, like Kay says, here's, I want a bunch of pictures all over the place. And George says, I know how to do it. We're going to make it happen. He's good at stuff. I'm not good at many things. Now, certain sins that I've practiced and I've had experience with, I'm good at those. And it is so easy for me to do those. You want me to be mean? Want me to be rude? I can do that. I've had a lot of experience doing that. I can be rude. I can be rough. And some of you are the same way. You have certain things that you're good at. Certain things that's easy for you to fall into if you're not careful. But we're commanded, starve that sin. Let that sin die. Don't feed it anymore. Don't give in to it anymore. Yes, you're going to have times where you slip up. Absolutely. But the fact of the matter is, you're going to have to get up from those times that you mess up and keep going. Keep on starving that thing. You might knock a little food on the floor for it every now and then, but it's okay. Keep starving it. Because the further you get away from that, the easier it is to resist it. Invest righteousness. Invest God's word into everything. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 God is speaking here. He says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for whence I sent it. 
Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I want, I want investments. I want spiritual investments in my life. And I hope you want the same. And I would urge you to crave the same thing. I want spiritual investments in my life. I want them in my home. I want them in my children. I want them in my family. I want them in my neighbors, my community, my town, my state, and my country. But it has to start with me first. I can't start working on my neighbor's home if my home's not in order. I can't start working on someone else unless I'm in order. And that's not to say you have to be perfect by no means. But you need to be conscious of yourself. Where is my heart? How am I doing? Make those investments. Parents, make those investments while you have it, while you have the opportunity to, while your children are still in your home. Make those investments. They're not around for long. They're growing. I'm watching my kids. My kids are still little. I'm watching them grow up instantly. Olivia, we're getting like kindergarten enrollment forms and stuff. Where did the time go? I want to make that investment. In the short time that I get to spend with people, I want to make an investment in a life. I want to make an everlasting investment. And this ties back to volunteering. A lot of the things that we have volunteer positions for kind of seem silly. You don't see, it's hard to kind of imagine sometimes what the spiritual aspect of volunteering in that particular position would be. Maybe it's changing diapers back in kids' church. It's kind of hard to find a spiritual application for changing diaper, right? But perhaps you're doing it for a family that's visiting for the first time. You don't know how far your spiritual investment's going to go until this life is over. And then you'll begin to see them little places where I was faithful, those turned out to be big things. It has a snowball effect. Be faithful in the little things. And God will entrust more and more. It's the parable of the talents. You know, the, the one with the five talents, the one with the two talents, and the one with the one talent. And the first two, they doubled theirs, but the one guy, he just buried his. Made no investment. The master came back. He had one talent still. One, the first one had 10. The other one had four. We're, we're all starting out with different talents here. But the talent you start out with doesn't have to be the talent that you end with. Because you might start out, you might be a one-talent guy. You might be a one-talent girl. You know what? Maybe next year, maybe because you've been faithful with that one talent, maybe next year you'll be starting off with two or five. And God will be calling on you, be faithful with those five now. Continue to be faithful. Invest. Get rid of the sin debt. Avoid the sin debt at all, at all costs. And if you've, never, if you've never accepted Jesus, that is your first step. But all too often we, we have Jesus in our heart, but at the same time we're still racking up a little bit of debt on the side. And I'm, and I'm telling you, you're not supposed to be doing that. In case that isn't obvious. Imagine your country, your country, how different it would be if it were pursuing God. If our country, as a nation, we began pursuing God. Now imagine that. Now your state, just the state of Illinois, if it were pursuing God, imagine how that would look differently than it currently does. 
How about your town? If your town came together as one, your community, as it came together as one to pursue God, to invest in the kingdom. Now, how different would your life look if you began pursuing God, investing in the kingdom? Would it look different than it does right now? That's a tough question. Would you all, would you all stand with me? With, um, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I, I wonder how many of you would say, look, Logan, this investing in the kingdom and, 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 and send that, this is great, but understand this, I'm far from God. And here's my question, are you far from God? And do you want to give your life to Jesus Christ? Now, no one's looking around. It's just me. The band's not even looking around. Just me. I wonder this morning, how many of you are here this morning and you've never been saved? You, you say, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I'm far from God. I don't know what it is to be saved. And if that's you this morning, no one else is looking around. If you would, just make eye contact with me long enough for me to look at you, long enough for me to see you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if that's you this morning... I see you, brother. Is there anyone else? Just long enough for me to make eye contact with you. I see you, brother. Anyone else? All right, so here's what we're going to do this morning. Church, as a, as a whole, as a group, we're going, to, um, we're going to say this prayer, and then we're going to go into our altar time as we normally do. So if you would, repeat after me this prayer. And if, if you're wanting to accept Jesus as your personal Savior this morning, repeat this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I receive the grace of Jesus Christ. I believe in Jesus Christ that he is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. I believe he died to forgive my sin and rose again to give me life. I turn from my sin. I embrace you now. As my Lord and Savior, I will follow you all the days of my life. Amen. Now, is there any this morning that would be brave enough and say, Logan, I, I prayed that prayer for the very first time this morning. I've accepted Jesus in my heart as my Savior. Anyone? Your very first time. Anyone? No? All right. All right. Well, this is your time. This is your altar. I pray that you would come up here and let it be known because angels, if you have accepted Jesus, angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. They're so happy. They're so excited. There's a party going on in heaven. But for the rest of us, maybe there's some things we need to deal with. Maybe there's, there's some things that we need to pray about, people we need to pray for. And this is our time at the altar. Let's pray one more time, and then we'll have our time here. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, Lord, I want to be just always investing in the kingdom, Lord. I always want to be following you. And sometimes, Father, it is so difficult. Lord, it's so difficult to, to get away from the sins that, that are just, just sitting there, just waiting to capture me, the snares, Lord. 
And Father, I pray that, that in my life and, and in the lives of these around, Lord, that that we would be strong, Lord, that you would strengthen us, Lord, you'd make us courageous in doing things for your kingdom, Lord, but at the same time that you would make us vigilant, that you would make us careful about the sins that, that can so easily get us. Father God, bless those that come now. Bless those in, in need of a healing touch, Lord. Bless those that are, that are hurt, that are broken, Lord. Bless those that are, that are feeling the weight of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.